Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Dying Alive, our fifth episode, and we are setting records left and right with consecutive episodes per week. I'm Patrick Damp of the Pens blog, and as always, I'm here with Mike Darnay of Pensburg. Hi, Pat. And Jesse Marshall of The Athletic. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> and before we get going here tonight, I got to read one of the finest pieces of writing I think I have ever read in my 28 years of life. So here we go. Quote, after watching the first two Penguins games this season, it was pretty evident that the defensemen needed to stop coughing up the puck. The obvious solution for this? Ricola. End quote. And that comes from our very own Mike Darnay. I'm taking a bow as we speak. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> yes, it is. You know what they say, man. A mediocre man can never disappoint. I like we, it. We've got, we've got three of them on this podcast. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like between that lead, which came to me this morning as I was putting the piece together, it, it's kind of synonymous with Hurricane Michael going on. I'm not sure how I'm going to tie those two together, but let's go with it. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure about that, but. <laughs> well, all right then, Mike. Should have just let that one hang for a minute. Shouldn't have really, like, tried to give, give him an That's out. Okay. Just let the dead air sit for a minute. <laughs> uh, well, as always, welcome in to Thanks Dying for joining Alive. us. We'll, we'll talk to you next week. Yep, that's it. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. It's been fun, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> uh, so, Mike, uh, before we get going here, I do believe we have some shout-outs. Uh, yeah, shout out to uh, Laura and shout out to JEFF for tracking our over-under predictions from last week. Um, the one note I would like to make about them, we all went under on goals for Jake Ensel, and I think we're all going to be incorrect. Um, and Pat, if you would like to lead us into the Washington Capitals recap. Yeah, so uh, as you said, we're all going to probably be completely wrong egg on our face about Jake Gensel boo-hoo he's gonna score a bunch of goals poor us so the Penguins opened their season last week with a home opener against the defending champion Ugh, I still don't like saying it Washington Capitals a 7-6 overtime win and you know in person it was a lot of fun to watch I was there with uh actual friend of the pod peep of the Pens blog and in person, man, that was some fun hockey to watch. Uh, I, I would imagine so. I was not there, and I'm sure it was fun for everybody in the building, except maybe the two coaches behind the bench who probably did not enjoy a game where they have no control over anything going on. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's symptomatic of early season hockey. Um, it, 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 I find it hard to look at that game and make any kind of real analysis out of it because, you know, between the, the boards and, you know, the stuff that was happening, um, you know, with, with the lively pucks, uh, it's, it's difficult for me to discern any real you know, sort of semblance of anything out of that game. Those boards were quite 
I guess you could say jumpy. Yeah, and wasn't Ari talking the entire broadcast about how they bought these brand new boards? Yeah. I I, yeah. I, I don't want to call bullshit on Ari's sources, but I think they just stole the boards from Joe Lewis Arena. It's possible. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Because the, um, the the bounce on what was it the second cap score or the yeah. first cap score that it was I think it went over the first one when it, it came off the the end boards behind the net and just came right out in the slot. Yeah, shades yeah, it was of the first the, one. Shades of the two thousand eight and two thousand nine Cup Finals mm. had the flashbacks when I saw it happen. I was like, oh, oh god, oh no, the, the Red Wings just scored. We're not going to win the Cup. Wait, wait, it's game one. We're we're good here. But <laughs> overall, just. Not a great showing by the defense. Turnovers. Part. Turnovers. Yeah, and I mean, like, that Malkin turnover, um, you know, before, that game, let's be honest, we'll start here. The game should have ended 6-4. Um, oh, yeah. Know, I, think we're, I think we're all in agreement on that. Um, Oshie's first goal was pretty much exactly chalked up to Malkin sending a backhander, a weak backhander up the middle, which Hockey 101, man, you can't do that. Do you think Mike Sullivan had beef with the lack of, not lack of, but uh, the way they handled the goal call on the game tying goal with the Uh, the crossbar? It got washed out and then, yeah. Yeah, they they had ruled it no goal and then they ruled it a goal. And I I think his issue was more with how they handled the review than what the actual call was. Um, yeah, you could see he was peeved. Yeah, I don't think he was happy about it. Yeah, <laughs> which, which I don't, know, it, that it was, it was I don't know that there's a ton that he's happy about it all right now. That's true. No, but it was bizarre because I remember uh, looking down when it happened. Like a bunch of people started getting down on it, and I saw the Caps celebrate, and I saw the ref wash out. No, we're good. Still six five. We're good. Still six five. And then all of a sudden, I see a ref point, and they go to the review, and I'm I was confused because usually they don't outside of maybe like a delay a game call, they don't change calls on the ice after a meeting. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a, another great example of the National Hockey League just making it up as they go. <laughs> they do like to do that. <laughs> we could probably get them on this podcast because that's pretty much what no, we do. <laughs> we'll figure it out, you know, eventually. It's fine. No, but overall, I don't think he had a whole lot to be happy about, you know, that – you know, that was one of those, a win is a win is a win. Started out strong. They played with a lot of speed. They played with a lot of emotion. Not a lot of defense, but, you know, when you're in your first regular season game against your heated rival that knocked you out of the playoffs, that's going to happen. And to go along with people being knocked out, Tom Wilson, 20 games. 20 games. Yeah, we were all on the show expecting him to get, like, six. Six. I think yeah, we all agreed we all on six. all said six. I know uh, I I know I said I felt like Charlie Brown trying to kick the football cuz I thought like well he's in person and eventually they got to send the message but it was very much the same as my Jack Johnson take of hopeful but not optimistic and well they sure showed us yeah and yeah. and the interesting thing I found about the release of the video for the suspension was how they hammered home the fact that this guy has been suspended four times in his last, however many regular season games, which I think it was only 50 or 60. So it wasn't a large number. Yeah. But the capitals escape uh, being handcuffed by the suspension. By, they did. Uh, yeah. Mike, I know oh. you have, a take. You have some I am. I'm, I'm, I'm very fired up about this. Um, 
so uh, the NHL has granted Tom Wilson the status of quote non roster player during his suspension, meaning he does not occupy one of the roster spots that uh, I've always referred to him as that, by the way, (laughs) (laughs) that a suspended player normally would. So player X gets suspended for three games. The team then has to carry a 22 man roster instead of a 23 man. But, uh, and this is all summed up very well by cap friendly on Twitter. Great account. I'm sure most of you who are listening, follow because they're, the go-to for all salary cap information now, basically. Um, so they were able to activate Michael Kempney off injured reserve without having to send somebody down. So they are not being, the capitals are not being punished at all while Tom Wilson is suspended. Um, some could even argue that they're being benefited because Tom Wilson's not playing. Um, and something that cap friendly pointed out here was in the CBA, a non-roster player, is listed as a player who is unavailable to play due to reasons other than injury, illness, or disability. The two examples that the NHL CBA gives are the birth of a child or attending a funeral. Where I feel the irony here comes in is I think it's a little funny because you could argue that Tom Wilson should be thanking his lucky stars that he has not had to attend a funeral of a player that he tried to decapitate while on the ice. I just, somebody explained to me why this decision was made. I don't understand what the reasoning behind this is. And let me tell you the way NHL general managers like to find loopholes. This is going to open the floodgates. Right. And and let's go back even to like, like what Rafi Torres, like this didn't happen for like Rafi Torres, right? Not that I know of. No, it just, it, it, it just, it reeks of owner talking to Gary Bettman. You know? Sure. Yeah, and, and and by the way, if we're wrong on the um, um, that news about uh, uh, this not happening before with other long suspensions, tweet us and tell us they're stupid, please. Yeah, please. I because we we want to have takes on here, but we'd like them to be at least in the realm of accurate. But but I, I just I don't get it. Like I, I initially wasn't as fired up about it when I first read it, which to be fair, that was only about an hour or so before we started recording. Cause I remembered that Matt Murray got this status last year when he went home for his father's funeral. And a part of me was a part, a weird part of me went, well, you know, we can't suddenly hate roles because they benefit a rival. And then I went, wait a minute. That's not part of the rule. Like, (laughs) He's suspended. He he's not going to a funeral. He's not getting married. He's not having a child. Like, what does? Why are the Caps getting some sort of treatment, special treatment, for a guy that's been a detriment to his fellow player? I I, I know a majority of the time he spent suspended for his long suspension was in the playoffs, where the roster limit isn't an issue. But I don't recall Matt Cook getting or and the Penguins getting this exemption. Nope. Uh, yeah. No. I mean, neither do I. I like. I, I don't. I can't think of a situation where it's happened before, at all. So, to me, you know, the timing—it's it, just all very. It's all very particular. It's weird. I. I. I don't. I don't like it. It stinks. But I don't know. We. We, we got to move on from that because yeah. what? So, like because because we're we're all going to end up just talking in circles and agreeing with each well, other. Yeah, we, and we have to talk. I mean, I don't. I don't want to, but we have to talk about. The Montreal game. Ugh. 
So, so after the, the Washington game, it's seven, six of Genny Malkin is asked if he thinks high scoring games will be common this season. And he says, I hope we score seven goals, but don't have six against us. Well, they were close on Saturday. Real close. Yeah. yeah. So as everybody I'm sure recalls on Saturday, the Penguins decided to just take the night off, you know, give themselves a little bit of rest early in the season. Got to save yourself for later in the year. And they dropped a 5-1 decision to the Montreal Canadiens, a team that a lot of us had pegged to be garbage this year. I once again find it very difficult. So I think it's worth mentioning, and Matt Murray is concussed now, which we'll get to in a minute. And so that that obviously changes the the purpose of this conversation in the first place. Um, But I found it even in that game very hard to judge him appropriately um, I think given the kind of scoring and the nature of scoring chance that was being let up. Now I will say that, that if you're, and this is a two game sample, so let's be honest We're this is, you know, minuscule in the grand scheme of uh, the season, but Matt Murray is performing below expectations in terms of an, ex, you know, an ex, a look at expected goals and sort of a Delta save percentage, so to speak. Uh, his expected save percentage is a bit, a, a slight bit hot. Well, not a slight, but it's, it's worse than the national hockey league right now. Let's be honest. But again, like we, it's not even worth discussing because we're two games into the season. Uh, I, I just find the environment to be more challenging than necessary. And really puck management is the, is the biggest part of that. Yeah. I actually, I had a brief post from uh, yesterday morning, that just took a quick look, like a screen cap at each of the 11 goals the Penguins had allowed, and they're giving breakaways left and right. So b- bad goaltending or not, they're just making things way too difficult for themselves at their own expense. No, agree. And and here's another thing. I, you know, people don't – this 5-1 game is a great example, and I, and I said this on The Athletic. On average, if you go back to last year, the Penguins had an expected goals for at even strength per game – of about 2.6, which is pretty high. That's a good number. I mean, that's that means you're garnering a decent number of scoring chances and good shot opportunities. Uh, that Capitals game, they were over three to be expected again. It was an offensive, uh, 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 you know, just mess. Uh, the Canadians game, it was 1.5. And I think you see that on the ice. And I think the, the real issue here isn't just on the defensive side. Okay, sure hemorrhaging scoring chances is bad okay but when you can't make a first pass on a breakout and that first pass is a turnover you're suffocating your offense it's sort of this auto asphyxiation type thing right you're strangling your own team that's one of the reasons why the penguins expected goals total against montreal was so low because the forwards couldn't get the puck and when they did get it, it was just in really shitty positions that it was really difficult to do anything with. Now, to, to, to expand on that, we've heard Mike Sullivan say, play the game the right way a million times, right? We've heard him say we've got to get to our game a million times. I have not heard Mike Sullivan call the work ethic of the team into question ever before Saturday night post game. Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Not off the top of my head, but sometimes I guess you got to let him have it. That to me, yeah. That go ahead. I was saying that's what we heard. That's what we heard after the 
after the game on Saturday. And yeah, it's it's a new thing. So it's a, it's big. You know, I think we're a team right now that just wants to score. And uh, instead of just playing the game the right way, and that means playing on both sides of the puck, and it's it's in the details. It's making calculated decisions. It's making good line changes. It's uh, right now we're we're not where we're we're not even close to where we need to be. That's what this. That's what I think this. That's what I learned from this game tonight. Is is we've got a long way to go if we're going to become the team we want to become. But it starts with a mindset, and uh, I know we have a talented group. I know we can score, but until we learn how to play defense and become harder to play against, then. Um, we're not going to control outcomes. And that quote is specific to the Capitals game, right? He was talking about the Capitals game and, and, and was asked about the, you know, the sheer number uh, of scoring chances uh, that were allowed really, I think by both teams um, in that game, uh, moving past that point uh, and getting into that Montreal game, that that's where the rhetoric changed. And in a discussion about what the team did to attempt to, you know, bounce back from that, um, Sullivan had to say, quote, uh, we worked on a couple aspects of our game today. Part of it was our compete level. There's more details out there associated with it, but we feel strongly that we have to pay more attention to detail and we have to play with more of a competitive spirit if we're going to have success. Competitive and that's spirit, and, and that's big. Uh, you know, like I know we love to harp on intangibles and all the goofy stuff that a lot of the writers and pundits will say because it's it, you know it is a little bit lazy. But at the same time, you can see it on Saturday. They knew who they were playing. They knew they were playing the Montreal Canadiens, a team that everybody has penciled in to be bad because. They traded everybody away. They didn't sign anybody of note, and all they pretty much have is a really good goalie. And that's the way the Penguins' body language and <clears throat> effort was against them. They. Sure. I, I had a video there, Pat, to that to that effect on the Athletic um, of a faceoff that took place in the Penguins' defensive end. Um, to if you're looking, it's the near side of the ice, essentially, so to the mm-hmm. right of of uh, Matt Murray. Um, the puck kicks out to the uh, right side of the ice, to the ice, the side of the ice uh, that the, the Penguins have a manpower advantage, right? And you can watch as this puck kicks out, all five Penguins on the ice make a beeline for the offensive zone. <laughs> they all turn and they're like, all right, let's roll. You know, here we go. Hey, that, works, puck- that works great in my Thursday night uh, adult league games at Center Ice in Delmont. Let me Don't tell you work something, buddy, in the NHL. Too. Let me tell you something, buddy. In those adult league games, when I get up ice, I ain't coming back all that fast either. I'm <laughs> no gonna way. Every, I'm going to let everybody who plays with me know. I'm going to take my sweet-ass time getting back in the defensive zone. A lot so, of gliding. So, so you're saying on that on that play where they all boarded up ice, defense was no big deal to them. There was no big deal. It, it was, was no big deal. deal. So uh, they all turn up ice, and guess who's standing – uh, in the middle of the slot, wide open. Somebody not on the Penguins. Caught Kaniemi, perhaps the most electrifying player he, on a Montreal team. He uh, he if, is 18 years old. He looks about 13 years old, and he is a joy to watch. He's a joy to watch, and he finds this puck finds him, uh, and and because 
all members of the Penguins have decided they're going to play offense. Uh, he's got enough time, and this is old Mike Lang. Mike Lang doesn't use this anymore, but it's one of my favorite Mike Lang sayings of all time. Uh, Mike Lang would say that, that he had enough time to make himself a corned beef sandwich and a steak dinner. <laughs> That was an old. That was an old uh, Langism. He was only reserved for surgical breakaway goals by Mario Lemieux. Oh man! He had enough time to make himself a corned beef sandwich and a steak dinner. I, I know that we. I know that we don't like uh, plugging other podcasts on our podcast because. So I'll say it to myself. First of all, Pat, how dare you? Second, Second off, of all, how dare, how dare you? you? <laughs> but third of all, really. <laughs> The uh, the Penguins' two new official podcasts are really good. Uh, a Great Day for Hockey Talk and The Scoop. The first episode of A Great Day for Hockey Talk is... Hang on, before you continue, can we just recognize what a goddamn great name for a podcast that is? Yeah. Yes, it's fantastic. I'm just and mad I didn't think of it myself. Same. Me too. We, because with both names, we got scooped. Oh, shouts, anyway. out, shouts out, shouts out. Talk to to Sam and uh, Michelle. Yes, uh, yes. They're they're two of the best humans in the business. But one of their uh, first their first episode was with Mike Lang, just telling stories from his time with the Penguins, and it's it's a hell of a listen. Like you'll that that man still has it. He still has the fire, and he is as quick as he's ever been. We should honestly do a bonus episode one week where we just talk about our favorite Mike Lang stories. Because I will tell you that one time Mike Lang rescued me from an elevator. And that's a story I think needs to be told. Okay, uh, let, let's, a, let's, let's hold it there. Yeah, otherwise, we're not going to get people to listen when, when it happens. We're gonna, exactly. you know, I'm not telling the story now, Mike. Come on, I'm, I'm better than that. Okay. Um, but it's a teaser. You know, we'll, we'll get to that another time. We'll save that for when we're doing our live show at Stage AE. For a rainy day. <laughs> um, but anyway. Moving uh, on. <laughs> so forthcoming changes potentially here. Uh, the Ole Mata situation, um, Mike Sullivan sort of candidly, I think we could say talking about, uh, Mata's, uh, penchant for being his own worst enemy and perhaps criticizing himself to an unreasonable extent. Um, it would appear given, uh, practice that, uh, you, so, uh, Ricola will be making his debut. Yeah, it looked like he was on third pairing with Alexiak as well as second power play unit. And along with that, uh, Amada stayed on the ice, what was it, 45 minutes longer after practice as well as came back out with a skills coach. So with a game tomorrow, that really indicates to me that he's probably the odd man out. And I feel like it's worth saying I don't think Oli Mata's been bad. I don't. I think Oli Mata, I I think the team's been bad. I think from forwards back through goal, they've been bad. And, and I think that if nothing else, Mata's caught the brunt end of that sometimes. I mean, I think back to the Montreal game, um, and I think back to Jack Johnson firing, you know, a 50-footer up the ice, um, you know, that that goes nowhere and becomes a turnover. And you know, well, they, Mata, they talked about his, his first pass. And, and Mata's took the brunt end of that. You know, he did. He took the front end of it, but I don't know that he was at fault for anything that took place there. So um, that being said, people, let's be honest, have wanted to see Yuso Ricola. Like that, that, that's what they want. The team's going to need a, you know, you want to make a shakeup. Uh, I don't have, I don't have a problem with this right now. Anybody, 
no, no. If, if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna scratch a defenseman to bring somebody else in for a game, I'd rather it be Ricola than Chad Ruido at this point, especially given how the preseason and training camp went for Ricola. Yeah, because I think he added an element of of responsible puck management with the ability to score some goals um, and play good defense. And I think that's a, you know that's a recipe for success. And I have to mention, I have to mention that for me, go back to that Capitals game. The best defensive performance for me was not Chris Letang. Chris Letang had an amazing game, you know, well, an amazing 40 minutes, I think. Uh, but I thought Jack Johnson was phenomenal in, the, in his season debut. Yeah, I saw I saw you were called out as a Jack Johnson shill. Uh, was I? Something like that. I don't know. I, 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 might, I might be making that up. I did not see that. I'm Jesse, Jesse's be, be, Jesse's being be paid by up. Big Jack Johnson. Yeah. Totally bought, bought and sold for there with Jack Johnson. But, yeah, uh, but but I'm honestly, I illegal think illegal campaign donations, and, uh... dark Jack Johnson money, <laughs> getting yeah. to the athletic. How dare they? <laughs> I, I do yeah. think though that um, it does send a message to the other five defensemen who are not going to be scratched. That okay, if this guy comes in and plays well, Olimata might be coming back, and if one of you don't want to come out of the lineup, you need to play well. Right. Yeah, yeah. and and Sullivan's been really good at that. Uh, I always hearken back to last season before he was traded, he did this with Ian Cole in and out through his tenure. He would scratch Ian Cole for a little bit after he would either be average or subpar, and then Ian Cole would come back better. So I feel like he's sending that same message to Olimata. He's saying, do you want to get back in the lineup? Prove to me you belong there. And along with that, you look at the guys who are in the lineup, sans Olimata, I don't think any of those have really been worthy of a scratch or into the sense of what you would lose through scratching them would not outweigh what you would get in Ricola. That that comment to me, Pat, is directed directly at Brian Dumoulin. Wrong? I mean, because I think Brian Dumoulin's clearly hurt, right? But I still think a Brian Dumoulin that's 75% is better than a lot of other defensemen at a hundred. So exactly. I'm out. Yeah. Um, I, and while we're on the subject of defense, I think we do have to just quickly make mention of the fact that, um, you know, th- this is a strong start for crystal Tang. And I'd argue that in these two games, he's, he's looked significantly better than he did at a lot of points last season. If this is the version, I think even just what we've seen that, of what the penguins are going to get uh, for the duration of the year, they're in pretty good shape. That, that's huge to have, to have that minute eater back because, you know, I think Latang is always going to be somewhat slightly porous defensively, you know, in some, <laughs> you know, in some fashion or another. Though I think risk taking wise, I think it was I think it was Adam Gretz who said every game Chris Latang will make five plays that make you say, "Oh my god, that was incredible," and five plays that make you say, "Oh my god, what is he doing?" I would argue that it's five. I'd, I'd argue that it's five plays that make you say, "Oh my god, that's incredible," and three that make you say, "What that, is he doing?" I, I mean, I mean, yeah. I think it might have been three and three, but either way, yeah. well, well it, either yeah, either way, I, I just think that. It's it, this is a tangible difference to, for, to what we saw last year, and, and talent level and, and all that aside, the ability to have the uh, coach know he can reliably distribute in excess of twenty five minutes to a guy is pretty a pretty big thing to have in your pocket and to, and to try to game plan against. Yeah, yeah. he's got he's got the skill and the talent to take the calculated risks and every once in a while shit goes sideways. And let me let me put it this way too. Um if I can have my 
hashtag played the game moment. Um, there was a kid I played with that I'm sure he listens to this, so he'll know exactly who it. You'll know exactly who you are when I say this. There was a kid I played with for years. He was a forward, and he was always our leading scorer, but didn't really like playing defense. Didn't really like passing the puck. And a lot of times, as teammates, we'd get frustrated with him. And our coach one time looked at us and went, I can't not put him out there. Every time he's on the ice, he's a threat to score. Latang is always a threat to do something when his skates touch the ice, and that far outweighs the mistakes he may make. Yeah, and again, just really an all-around um, encouraging start, I think. Uh, I think Brian Dumoulin, his time off is probably going to do him some good. So in, in that sense, the break is probably coming in handy for him. Um, you know, given the fact that he was questionable, you know, to start the, the season a week ago, um, we obviously don't know what the nature of, of what he's dealing with is, but I, I think it quite clearly affected him, especially against Washington. I don't know as much, you know, it's again, it's hard. It's so hard to discern anything out of the Montreal game. Um, I will say I'm interested to see what happens against Vegas, uh, who obviously is, is got uh, Washington uh, tonight, um, which bodes well. Uh, for the, for Pittsburgh. Yes. Um, but you know, I will say that, you know, the video session for me is the big part of this. Um, That's, I was going to mention that earlier. That's something you always note that when the penguins do video work, it seems to benefit them big time. And, and specifically video work. That's really freaking embarrassing. And, and you know, as well as I do, Pat, you don't want, you don't want to be showing up in those kinds of clips two games into the year because you're getting roasted. <clears throat> Mike Sullivan right. probably roasts players during video sessions worse than our readers roast Pat. It's true. Worse than worse than we roast Pat. <laughs> so now you guys admit that I get roasted. Last week was no, no, no. That doesn't happen. What are you talking about? This week, oh, no, look no, at where you roast Pat. now. Like I don't get roasted. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, it's all in good fun. If you guys weren't roasting me, I'd be way more concerned. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> But either way, I you know I, I it's the, the response here, um, you know I, I think is really the big piece. Um, we have to get to this because it's we haven't talked about it yet. Matt Murray's concussed. He is. Um, I initially speculated incorrectly that I thought it happened against uh, Brendan Gallagher in the Montreal game. Where he took a knee to the head, um, and, and it turns out it was in practice uh, where he put in some extra work on Monday. Um, Who was it? We have to know. Well, I could have been Handy Buckley because I don't know that um, you know he stayed out for extra work afterwards, and I'm I, 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 you know Buckley just crushed him in the head with a wrist shot. <laughs> no, I don't know, and, and, and you know that, that's when you know obviously the symptoms you know and, and something may have happened against Montreal, and it did, maybe it didn't manifest you know until after the fact. You know, it's it's with concussions and stuff like that. It's really it's really impossible to know. Um, so. Uh, our, uh, where where's our level of concern now with uh, Matt Murray? I I, I just want to I want to say this much, okay? I've had plenty of concussions. There no no concussion is the same. What, what, sometimes it lasts a week. Sometimes it lasts a month. Sometimes it lasts a day. Sometimes it lasts a year. I know the culture of hockey is you got to be tough. You got to you know fight through it and all that shit. Listen. Matt Murray is going to need his brain in 30 years. I don't want to hear any more Matt Murray is soft takes about a concussion, okay? If the guy's out with a pulled hamstring, which even for a goalie, that's bad, but still. I'll grant you some leeway if there's some minor injury or malady like that. 
But the minute a guy has a head injury, miss me with your he's soft bullshit, okay? Just that's – I got to get that out there. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, You know, I I do think though that – and I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but, you know, I guess what the research patch shows that if you have, you know, one or two or three, the, the susceptibility does increase, right? It does. And so when, when that, I ask that question, I mean more of a, you know, I mean, broken hand, like, what are you going to do? Like the world, the, the world cup injury, like, come on, I don't wait, like, but how do you stop that? Like, how do you, how do you prevent groin injuries aside from doing more stretches? I don't know. Like the, the concussion stuff to me is the outlier there. I mean, I think bad luck, there's a bad luck, Brian element to some of this. And then the other part of it, you're like, Oh, like what, where's this road lead? You know? I, I mean, and there's, there's, like you said, like I, I, also was preparing to argue against the injury prone argument because I hate that term, but the fact that one concussion makes you susceptible to more, that kind of goes against the argument I wanted to make because that is technically by definition injury prone. But like you said, it's bad luck, Brian. There's going to be times where he'll take a shot off the mask and nothing happens, nothing comes from it, he's good. And there's going to be a time where an innocent wrist shot glances off the side of his cage and all of a sudden, boom, he, he's struggling with light sensitivity. Like, you can't predict it. You can only diagnose it. And, hell, you can't even really manage it. You have to just go by the normal protocol and hope it goes away. Yeah, I mean, and my two thoughts are while by definition it is injury prone, it's not like we're talking about Bobby Ryan breaking his hand for the 13th time. Um, and my or, other thought, or Bo it, Bennett getting crushed by an anvil. Yeah, and and my other thought is, we should be happy that. I mean, I'm assuming here that he is going to the Penguins and reporting symptoms. And if that's the case, and my assumption is correct, we should be happy that he's doing so. Absolutely. Yeah, and so I looked up. You know, I went back and looked at, at, at both Jari and, and Dismiss' results from last year, and they were actually surprisingly better than I thought they were going to be. Um, I don't know, like Casey Smith had like a nine twenty save percentage or something. Um, you know, through the end of the year, um, I, I I'm, I'm not worried about that. I think you know Mike Sullivan. I, he got Mike Sullivan talked briefly about this just for a moment um, in with regards <laughs> to shaking things up. You know, you you'd hope that the team's going to play a little bit tighter now. Um, and there's going to be that extra motivation to, you know, tighten it up and um, go ahead and take a sip there, Mike. <laughs> you, got enough, you got enough ice in that drink, Mike? I was trying to be quiet. I you guess any, it didn't work. Got any liquid in there or is it just all ice? For Christ's sake. Try to do a podcast. Your phone's going off. Two weeks in a row. You got a goddamn. And I heard this one. Heard this one clear as day. I didn't hear the cell phone oh last week. I thought. God, I what thought kind of Jesse, operation is this? I thought Jesse was just going off the rails on somebody for no reason. That one Ooh, clear as day. He got attacked. He got attacked by the ice. It was the listen, listen, listen. I had a long day. I'm having an adult. I'm having PPG an adult and, beverage. They need you to get that. They need to get you down PPG and fix some of those issues down there. You, you, you clearly aren't having any ice problems at home. <laughs> You will be like, hey, what happened? To, what happened to Daniel Craig, the NHL's ice expert? Oh, he's gone. They hired Darnay. <laughs> what happened to Daniel Craig, the uh, NHL's ice guy? Uh, he lives in Darnay's house now, and just uh, he's actually he's actually doing that podcast with uh, with, with Pat and Jesse. 
<laughs> he just br- he constantly brings ice in and out for Mike's rum and cokes. <laughs> uh, is that no. weird? Are you having a rum and coke? By the way, I, I am having an adult beverage. I'm having a mango Lacroix. La is it Lacroix or is it Lacroix? I have. Uh, no I'm not sure, but did you get the cockroaches in there? Yeah. Do you have your cockroach repellent in that? I don't know why. You, you didn't was, hear that? A recent, oh. recent, recent report is cockroach repellent is an ingredient in Lacroix. So c- congratulations. Like, hey, it's better than drinking Coca Cola. <laughs> I will hear no slander of Coca Cola, but you actually, I will, but actually, I, mean, I will hear. I will hear slander over it because the only time I drink it is if there's rum involved. Well, with that, do you want to just go right into reader questions? We might as well. Imagine, like, we just I'm imagining the, the, the majority of those are probably not about hockey. So. I, I, do, I do have some, some correspondences. Uh, <clears throat> let's see here. We need to get you a strong jingle for this, Mike. That's what this is. We oh, need a correspondences jingle. We do. Of either, some kind. It either needs to be a good like 8-bit jingle or it's got to be like a breaking news hit. Like, I, if, I like you, if, you, if you are listening to this show – and you have the ability to make a jingle for this segment. I we encourage this. You will be I living encur- in infamy. I will buy you an adult beverage. I'll even say that. Ooh. It's going to have a lot of ice in it. Yeah, it will. <laughs> Courtesy of Daniel Craig. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, uh, Mike Dan Craig Darnay. Jesus, Michael is- Taylor. Michael Taylor asks: Personalized jerseys, yay or nay? Obviously, after all the proper jerseys have been purchased. Absolute nay. Absolute nay for me. That's a big nay for me, dog. I agree. Three for three. There was a picture floating around the internet today of the Nashville Predators uh, regular season Western Conference champions <laughs> banner raising tonight. And um, uh, I pointed out, and I don't really think that anybody caught this, unfortunately, on Twitter. Uh, but if you look at the video... Uh, and I, tw- and I, I have it on my on my Twitter page of the the banner being raised. There is a custom jersey directly in front of the camera. Uh, it's a, a mustard yellow Predators home jersey. Big Papa. Let me spell that. B I G, extra G for some sauce. Papa. <laughs> so that's big. Two G's. Papa. <laughs> Dude's got himself some baller seats down can, there. Can I, can, I, can I ask you this much? Yeah. Did he throw his hands in the air as they were going up? Hey, wave him just like you just don't care. Yeah, well, I was going to ask if he's a true player. but Yeah. Oh, God, what am I doing? <laughs> You're supposed to be the hip-hop guy. No, give me the loot. Give me the loot. Go ahead. Correspondences, please. Uh, <laughs> For the third time. Uh, Jesse, we have a West Ham fan, friend of the pod, Hammer. Ask. Oh yeah, yeah. What is the best first. cheeseburger in or around Pittsburgh? This is a tough one. I don't know if I have an opinion on that. I do. Let mm. it out. I, I'm I'm stumped <clears throat> on this one, honestly. Uh, <clears throat> Tesaro's in Bloomfield. Writes that down. Tesaro's I'm gonna I'm gonna second I'm gonna second that. Writes it down a second time. I, I guess I'm going to go check thing, that like, out. I, don't get me wrong. I love to go to Burgatory and, and throw a little custom burger together. Yes. I do. I love that. But if you're looking for what I would refer to as an authentic cheeseburger experience, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike. I think that's where Tassaro's wins. Yeah, they, they have a, a kitchen that is the size of 
half of most people's residential bathrooms with a 600-degree wood-fired grill. They use a mix of ground beef, ground pork, whatever it is. It's perfectly charred. It's it's perfect. And, and you can get delicious uh, fried potatoes with your burger. Perfect. Oh, my God. I, I, wanna, I don't, I I don't want to drool quick, on this new mic. Ugh. I want to throw a quick shout-out on this, too. You know, sort of an honorable uh, mention here. Uh, and, and first of all, let's get something straight, okay? If you go to Penguin Games and you're not parking in the strip and walking up, what are you doing? What are you doing with yourself? Here's what you do. You go down to the strip district. You park under the overpass on 279. You're probably not even going to have to pay. You walk up to the game. You stop along the way at Hanlon's, which is just on the edge of the strip district, kind of down by Mike and Tony's. Wonderful diner. Get yourself a burger, walk off the calories by going up to the arena, and then when you go home, you don't have any traffic. If you're not doing that, you're crazy. Seems like you've done this a time or two before. Only every time I I've w- ever been to BBG Arena. <laughs> I went to everybody's favorite post-game bar after the uh, home opener. Good old Shales. Oh, gosh, love Shales. Fantastic bar. Fantastic. That's place. great. It is. Uh, Jed asks... <clears throat> It will never, ever happen, but I maintain that a team like the Penguins should rest their stars 10 games per season. Thoughts? No. No. You don't think they should, or you don't think they will? I don't either. I don't think they should at all. Really? I am 82, yeah. I mean, if you want, 10 10 for me is extreme. Like, you want to do, like, the final one, like, the last game of the regular season, cool. Like, you want to maybe do the last two games, cool. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good with that last couple and maybe like the game or so surrounding the all-star game. But there's so much jockeying for position now with the way the playoffs work that I don't think you see that much anymore because, you know, I like I go back to Columbus. Um, Wait, no, the Penguins did. Yeah, because that situation worked out differently this year. You know, I think the Penguins, they did rest against Columbus, didn't they? I think so. It doesn't matter. But the, anyway, my answer is no. I, I, I have a combination of both of what you guys said. Like, I think it would work um, end of the year as well as around the All-Star break. And I also think you need to throw uh, an asterisk in there. And if you know you're going to make the playoffs, like if you have a spot clinched with a few weeks to go, like you definitely should probably start getting into a rest schedule for some of your big guns just because – when it really starts to matter, you need those guys to be healed up and at their best. And we hear it every postseason. Oh, this guy was dealing with this injury, this ailment. And if you have that time to sit some guys down and let them get healthy, I think you should take advantage of that. But it'll yeah. never happen because of hockey culture. Yeah, and I think it's a very fine line, rest versus rust, all that stuff. Yeah, what else we got? Uh, David James asks, do you hand out Cal? Jesus Christ. Do you hand out candy on Halloween? If so, what do you give out? Give me Reese's peanut butter cups or give me death. That's a good choice. Reese's peanut butter cups, Kit Kats, and Snickers. All good. Um, I do not, but I would accept all of those if I was getting candy. So That's, what we, always, that's what we always handed out at my, my house growing up. I've I've never had a place because I'm peak, peak millennial where I had trick-or-treaters show up. <laughs> Uh, let's see what else here. Friend of the pod, Morgan. Uh, which penguin 
is gone in the expansion draft to Seattle in two years. Jack Johnson. Yep. 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 Yeah. That one, that one's pretty obvious. And that was a, that was a widespread shared opinion by practically everybody. As soon as they signed him was it's a four year contract or whatever. And there'll be an expansion draft in two years that they can expose him in. Yep. Um, Jeff asks, uh, which club? Stop. Look, you know, I know what this question is. He sent it two times. Okay. And I want to explain something to everybody in here that doesn't, and I'm going to take extra time to do this. Oh boy. Okay. Just because Jeff, Jeff has earned taking this piss. Okay. He's earned it. All right. (laughs) That's how we know it's an EPO for you. Before you continue, as if this were a Senate hearing, I will award you my time as well. So you have the floor. <laughs> yes, I as well will award Senator Marshall donate, my time. I'm going to donate my time to Senator Marshall. Uh, let's get something straight. So if you don't follow the Premier League, you probably still know who West, who Manchester United are. Okay, uh, Probably uh, the most recognized – your Chelsea's and your Manchester United's and your Arsenal's are the three, I think, more often than not. Do you agree with that, Pat? Because you don't follow the Premier League. Uh, I don't know if I'd go that far. Like I follow it, social media and watch okay, okay. matches, but well, either way, if you're but, listening but to even, this, you but probably even before some... I did, I would know who they were. Yeah. So, so Ma- Manchester United had Sir Alex Ferguson, uh, probably the, the great, one of the greatest, the greatest, I guess you could say manager, uh, in the history of football uh, ever won a lot of titles. Uh, for Manchester United, there's a reason his name's Sir Goddamn Alex Ferguson, uh, is because he was that good. Uh, he was knighted. Uh, for that. Uh, now they, since then Manchester United have gone through several managers. Uh, we had David Moyes, uh, who I'm very familiar with, uh, from his time in West Ham United. God bless him for saving us. Uh, Moyes sucked and got sacked immediately. Uh, and then they've hired Louis van Gaal, who was just an absolute <laughs> shit show. I mean, let me, for Penguins fans, Louis van Gaal was Zivon Halichna. Okay. Right. Let's, am I wrong? But could barely speak English and just had the world's wackiest, analogy and he was foolish he was full of himself and a weird thing on his face so then uh, <laughs> there, uh so we end up in a situation where manchester united uh after years of of not you know doing a whole lot of anything and, and having just a grotesque amount of mediocrity uh have, have jose jose Mourinho, and jose Mourinho, if you're not aware has been fired from several jobs for being a complete dick that's not an exaggeration Jose Mourinho, look up clips, go on YouTube. I, I guarantee you it's to be a great time waster at your work if you're at work. Just look up Jose Mourinho interview and you he's endless amounts of entertainment. So Mourinho's caused all this friction in the club. They pretty much suck this year. They have garbage. West Ham, who's trash, beat them 3-1. They won a goddamn game this week against Newcastle United, who have approximately, by the way, zero wins on the year, and whose owner got drunk and fell ass backwards into a lit fireplace. (laughs) That is not an exaggeration. That actually happened. Google it. So no, Jeff, we're not going to talk about Manchester United this week because your team's ass, and it's still in complete disarray, and you barely beat the shittiest team in the Premier League. (laughs) Give me the next question. That was me pounding the gavel. We have yielded our time from Senator Marshall. <clears throat> okay, last question from 
somebody's name with a K. I I don't know what that is. I don't think that's a real name. Uh, anyways, um, uh, we have to apologize on the show, see, because what has happened is Mike's ice is giving him a brain freeze. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> least favorite quote-unquote famous pittsburgh area food can be a type slash restaurant etc my answer okay so wait 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 so what we're saying is maybe like an overrate can i use can i go overrated here then mike i is think that- i think that's i think okay. that's fair okay yeah, fair. I, that's what he's I, I have a feeling mike and i are about to give the same answer but you go I, first. I think my answer would also qualify as overrated as far as how I'm answering it. Um, now the caveat I have is outside of breakfast for breakfast. It's fine. We're not even close here. Okay, go ahead (laughs) for breakfast. It's fine. Maybe even good. Otherwise Eaton park is trash. Wow. No, that listen, (laughs) (laughs) they have bad ice. They don't have good ice. Because I, uh, Eaton Park sticky buns are elite, bro. I don't. I, that's, that's that's a that's a breakfast food though. You get sticky buns with dinner too. That's the thing. Like you, if you go to Eaton Park and you get like meatloaf, you're getting sticky buns with that. Like you could get sticky buns with meatloaf. And I just I got to be real with you. Like I've gone to Eaton Park in so many different scenarios in my life: drunk, hungover, stone cold sober. I enjoy myself. It is what you get. You get what you pay for. I think. I think that it has been a little bit overrated in the sense that, like, it's not a, a great dining establishment. But like, it's for me, Eaton Park serves its purpose, and therefore, I can't complain about it. And do how you do you go, not get the salad bar? How do you, do you not go for the early bird special? The salad bar is elite. It's elite. I'm sorry. I, I am with you on this one, Jesse. I gotta say, Mike, you're in the minority for the Eaton Park overrated over here. Goodbye. I'm gonna be real with you guys. Minios is trash and Fiori's is trash. Y'all, y'all Allegheny County people don't know what good pizza is. Come down to Ambridge. Let's go to police station. I'll show you what's up because your pizza sucks. It's not good unless you want to have grease dripping down your throat. It's it a terrible sucks. pizza. It's not good pizza. I people have I have no it. issue with this steak. People I see people on Facebook post videos of them opening boxes of Fiori's up. I'm like, oh, look at this. And I'm like, yeah, I want to vomit. Imagine well, having first, that little problem. life too. No offense to anybody, listeners that do that, but come on. You're going to do an unboxing video of pizza? If you're going to do it, do it with pizza from Beaver County. That's all well, I'm Je- saying. Jesse, the first problem is you went on Facebook. Oh, yeah, that's always no, a huge problem. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. That's true. Oh, uh, God. I don't, and crap, I forgot what mine would be. Um, I don't know. I... I Honestly, don't know how I would say is overrated. Um, I don't know. Do do we consider sauerkraut a Pittsburgh thing? It's not, right? It's a German thing. I don't like sauerkraut. I think it has to be a Pittsburgh like restaurant. Like I think it. Uh, he did say restaurant or type, so you could say like pierogies. I like pierogies though. I was gonna say you're not gonna slander pierogies. No, plus, no, that was just an example. Yeah, I'm gonna pass on this one. I I honestly can't. Wait, Mike, where, Mike, where did you go to high school? Wilson Christian Academy, West Mifflin. Okay, never mind. Why? I, for, you know, for some, for some reason, I had you as a Stowe Rocks guy. No, <laughs> Stowe <know>. Rocks. <clears throat> you think I would have survived in McKee's Rocks? I don't know. I mean, 
I See, could have. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering um, where you were going with that. <laughs> I, I might. Do you want to donate your time to me, Pat, for this question? I will. I will yield my time once again to Senator Marshall. <sighs> I I don't want to do this. <laughs> okay. I, I I want you to do it because you don't want to. I I, I don't want to do it, uh, but I'm gonna do it. Uh, I I am a Deluca's man through and through. Pamela's ain't worth waiting for. I'm no, sorry. Nope. Nope. I want my time back. Give it back. <laughs> <laughs> you, you stop that right now. <laughs> I'll wait. I'll wait 45 minutes for the Lucas. I won't wait 20 for Pamela's. That's, and I don't think it's. I don't know. Is it possible to even like both? Like, how do you feel about the Lucas? They're both good. It's one of those things. It's like. Um, I just. I. Let me let me. Plus, put you, I let will me, say though. I will say though. <laughs> I am a breakfast food kind of guy. So like, okay, you're gonna have. And I'm, and I'm not. And I, to, I'm full disclosure. Like so, any place that can get me a good breakfast, I am. I'm in. Okay. Let me let me put you guys that are listening to this podcast, and, and you live in Pittsburgh, and you you frequent the strip often. Let me put you onto something here. Um, that and, and I, I want to just bill myself as a strip district expert. I worked in the strip, in the heart of the strip, for nine years. Um, I would say that qualifies as I think it qualifies almost a decade. Um, Across the street from Pamela's, there's a church, right? But if you go up on that same block on the other side of the street, there's a little restaurant called Chicken Latina. Okay? It's outstanding. Oh, dude. People people walk by Chicken Latina every day. They don't even look inside, and I pity them. I honestly do. You get a full full meal for like six bucks. Six bucks, and and they have yuca fries there. Um, And yuca is a much better potato. Uh, And if you like yuca fries, go to Chicken Latina and get the yuca fries um, and get the green sauce. They have a green sauce there. I don't know exactly what it is. But and they green. won't tell me, but it's green and it's delicious. So, so at what point do we rebrand this show from a Penguins podcast to a food podcast? Because that's whole all podcast we talk about. On this, I, I, I could do an entire podcast on the Strip District. Sushi Inside Woolies from Andy. Best yes. sushi in Pittsburgh. Yes. Um, I mean, you've got um, – you've got a, a – um, what the hell is the name of the place? Why am I blanking on this? Um the, the Argentinian place, Mike, right on the 16th Street Bridge. Oh, Gaucho, Gaucho. Gaucho. Also, Gaucho's also, you have you have Kaya down there. Uh, yeah, Kaya. The, the, um, the, and and recently, I haven't been there since about a year ago. But the Smallman Galley, which now serves as basically an incubator for new restaurants that are trying to test their menus, test their chefs to see if they're ready for right a, a restaurant of their own. Uh, and two Louis market. I got to give a shout out to two Louis in the strip. Uh, they have a lunch special every day. Um, it's the best chicken Alfredo I've ever had. So, uh, join us next week for strip district talk. Here. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So the, the week ahead penguins, uh, play host to the Vegas golden Knights tomorrow night. Um, then they go to Montreal to play the Canadians again on Saturday. Steelers won. They, they did. did. For as much as we roast them, we our reaction to that was just <laughs> an all time low. Well, like, to be honest, there's just no to, life left in our in our eyes here. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, I believe the score was twenty to ten, and I dozed off, and I woke up, and the game was over. So, ah, I know yeah. everybody. Ha- I know everybody hates the guy that does this, but if, uh, like I said it on Twitter, I was like, of course, this will be the week that the Atlanta Falcons offense doesn't do shit because I started Matt Ryan, and I was right. 
Mike, uh, Liverpool, Man City, did it let you down? No, no draw? Um, not particularly. I was expecting more of a 2-2, but it was quite action-packed for a 0-0. Yeah. I thought the pace was good. I thought that people that were complaining about it were kind of crazy. Yeah, uh, the, the pace was good. I mean, you had the the penalty at the end that Mares skied well over the bar. Um, and I think that it was, I think City played the way they needed to, to not lose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are we looking forward to this weekend with uh, no football on the schedule? We have football on the schedule. Oh, is the international break next week? Oh, oh crap. Never mind. You're talking. Yeah. He, well, he wasn't yeah, talking football. American yeah, football. English football. Yeah. Sorry. Um, what are we looking forward to? I don't know. I mean, the Sleeping? Penguins play Saturday, and there's no always... non-hockey. Non-hockey. This is actually – I don't have it this weekend. I have it next. I don't know if we have any listeners that would be in the realm of it, but uh, next weekend I will be at IUP for the Pennsylvania State System of Higher Education Media Conference, and I'm going to be on a panel with an old friend of mine, Um my old friend Mike, who I graduated with, and we're, he works for the Johnstown Tomahawks of the NAHL, and we're going to be talking minor league hockey and minor league hockey sports media. Awesome. Uh, Carnegie Mellon University Hockey Analytics Conference, October 12th. Um, so keep that on your calendars, folks. No, not the 12th, the 20th. I was going to say. Yeah, the 20th. Say, no, October 20th. Yeah, That's two days. Uh, yeah, at CMU. Um, so check Will they be live streaming like they did last year? I have to find out. I don't know. Um, I, I, I will have more information on that analytics conference next week, I promise. Okay. I will hold you to that. Yeah. Anything to plug, Mike? Um, I would like to plug the – I wrote a brief piece this morning, very, very brief, about Matt Murray's dogs and the vast amounts of meat that they get to eat. <laughs> Do those – I just – I, let me first say, as a, I have a cat. I'm a cat owner. I, know, I have no beef with dogs. I love your dogs. I love all your dogs. Mike, I love your dogs. Pat, I love your dog. I just don't own dogs because I'm not home enough. But if I did own dogs, they couldn't be that big. Oh, they're God, just, no. They're oh, huge. No. And I couldn't th- do that. Um, I don't know if you particularly saw my piece with the pictures of the meat that they get to eat. Oh. But it's, it's more meat for a meal than I probably consume in a month. I would agree with that. Unbelievable. Shout yeah. out, uh, friend of the pod, Peep, and acquaintance of the pod, Jeff, for bringing that story to my attention for Beef's blog. My God, the the meals those dogs get. I don't know what I have coming up on the athletic because it's going to depend on what happens in the next two games. So <laughs> anything can happen, and anything can happen. So anything can happen on this wild, wild internet of ours. Yeah, exactly. Um, do we have anything else? No, uh, check out the grab bag I put up this morning on Penn's blog. A lot of fun content there. I think I'm going to order a pizza.